In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The church makes many claims about God, about who God is, and what God does, and what God is like. We make big claims, and the biggest one of them all, one that is the core of all of our claims, is that God is love. Above all else, God is love. We sing songs about the God of love. We pray to the God of love. We offer the gift of ourselves and our lives to the God of love. And then this morning, just two days after Valentine's Day, we hear these lessons, most of which have to do with the law. And we may be taken aback by what we hear, especially our gospel lesson, which contains phrases such as, if you call your brother or sister you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. These are words from the God of love. This is not one of those, well, if you read it in the original Greek, it actually sounds very different kind of scriptures. There's no way to get around these lessons. We need to go through them to get to the very heart of them. And therefore, to get a glimpse into the very heart of God. Today's gospel says a lot about what we would hear if we listen to our hearts and if we listen to God's heart. We know that listening to our hearts can give us a diagnosis of a healthy or an unhealthy heart. But we also know that the heart is so much more than just a vital physical organ. We speak of the heart as being the very core of ourselves. We talk about the human heart as the seat of loving of compassion, of tenderness, and of courage. Our language even reflects this. We say, take heart, be assured. If you say you have a change of heart, you've had a shift of perspective, a shift of plans, a significant change in your outlook. Heart is the seat of memory. To know something by heart is to know it perfectly. Heart is the seat of yearning and desire. To seek something with your whole heart is to pursue, to search diligently for, to strive for something with all you can muster. In today's gospel lesson, we'll listen to our own hearts and we listen to God's heart. Jesus is sitting with his disciples, teaching them what it means to follow in the path that he would have them walk. This morning, we hear another section of the Sermon on the Mount, a section that began in last week's reading with these statements of Jesus. I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And if your righteousness does not surpass that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Remember all of that? What follows in today's lessons are the illustrations and implications of those statements. Jesus came 
not to abolish the law, but apparently to make it even tougher, to make it more exacting. Jesus lists some pretty big commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not, shall not swear falsely. And if that was it, the disciples would probably be saying something like, yeah, we've heard this all before. We know that's what God wants for us. But then Jesus goes on to breathe new life, new relevancy into these commandments by explaining what they mean in their fullness, by going to the very heart of the matter. He explains what they mean if we are to love as God loves, because the law tells us what's in God's heart. Law exposes God's dreams and desires of how we would live with one another. Law also exposes the differences between our hearts and God's heart. Listening to our hearts does give a diagnosis. And God listens to our hearts and knows that even if we can keep the commandment not to kill one another, we can still hate and despise others. We're willing to kill relationship with others, to treat others as if their good is dead to us. God listens to our hearts and knows that even if we keep the commandment not to commit adultery, we can still disrespect others by treating them as less than fully human. And God is not actually telling us to tear out our eyes and cut off our hands, but the graphic language Jesus uses certainly gets our attention, doesn't it? Also worth noting is the language around divorce in this passage. And while all marriages are intended to be lifelong commitments, we are in fact human. And sometimes our human plans, for whatever reason, don't play out as we or as God might have wanted. But the words Jesus uses this morning are actually bringing a new worth and dignity to women who under the law of Moses were still treated as property and without equal rights. Hence in God's heart, the woman is now fully recognized as a person and therefore she can now become the victim of adultery. God listens to our hearts and knows that even if we can keep from swearing falsely, we are still willing to manipulate others with our words, to lead others astray by what we say, to let our words be meaningless rather than our yes mean yes and our no mean no. Sometimes when we listen to our own hearts, the diagnosis that we hear is that our hearts are diseased, unhealthy, disheartened. And so in God's mercy, God gives us law. In the teaching of Jesus, this is the law that will not let our hearts fall short of loving as God would have us love. It's the law that would have us love in a way that respects the dignity of every human being, just as we say in our baptismal covenant. And it's the law that ultimately convicts us because what it demands us to do, we cannot do. And here again, the law shows us God's love by showing us our failing and driving us into the arms of our merciful and loving God. The grace of God is there, offered to us. We only need to recognize it. 
Does all this talk of law and our failing to keep it bring you sadness? Well, 17th century poet and priest John Donne would say, good. (laughs) It's a holy sadness, he says. Because he says our sense of our sin is God's key to the door of his mercy put into our hand. God's heart is a rich treasure house of mercy to which our sense of sin, our sense of falling short, is the key. Discovering our failure to love as God loves is not then a cause for despair. No, it's a call back to God into the arms of God who loves and strengthens us and sends us out to love again, who bids us to love more fully, more perfectly, because although showing perfect love is impossible for us, nothing is impossible for God. Take heart, because our God is a God of love, and in that we can be sure.